Hey everybody, it's Kat, and I want to welcome you to Backstory Sessions. I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hello everyone, how are you? And Matt, we are on episode 27. Yeah, according to uh, the Podbean site, it is episode 27, but I'm not sure if, like, the two Gorilla Girl ones, if <laughs> one of them ended up as 20, 25, uh, I don't know. I don't right. Know well, you know, 27 sounds good. Um, I mean, maybe not so good because, like, uh, you know, it's trying to think like the first thing that came to my mind for 27 was like um you know all these musicians that have died when they were 27 years old and that's um, a cheery thought jeez i know well i mean and you know i mean it's ironic in a way um but like Jimi hendrix janice joplin kurt cobain uh that's true amy winehouse you know so there's like a lot i mean it seems to me like a lot um, that died at 27. So, you know, so, that's just the first thing that came to my mind. So maybe um, you should, maybe if, you know, you're planning on becoming a musician, you should wait till you're 28. I guess. Yeah, like, like don't start out early. Right, because yeah. <laughs> you, you need to be 28 to get, because uh, I guess there's like a 27 club, you know, like sort of like the 700 club only, you know, like, for death <laughs> um, so <Okay>. um <laughs> yeah so i mean to be in that club you have to die at 27 and you know i just found that like fascinating that we were episode 27 and <laughs> the way i'm looking at it though uh-huh. is like not that we're you know dying or the episode's dying or right, whatever yeah. but just like the uh, immense talent uh, is what was really coming to mind i see yeah, so yeah, and our guest today is certainly uh, going to be fabulous. Cannot wait till we get into that. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I had for 27. I mean, <laughs> anything come to your mind otherwise? <laughs> no, I'm still in it's shock. It's a hard act that... to follow, right? Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I'm, I'm yeah, shocked that you... It's a bar high. Yeah. It's a bar high. Yeah. Uh, well, today's episode, you know, we always do our backstory based on something we've written or um, something we're planning to write, and that's sort of how what guides us to our topics. Mm-hmm. Um, today we have actually two things I can think of that would tie into our topic, and when we were planning, um, first thing is Love and Jello. Um, you want to talk a little bit about the inspiration from that that kind of helped shape this episode? Uh, so, well, it's a, a little bit different, but um, in in the book, uh, towards the, I guess, the second half of the book, um, the residents of the manor, they steal a van and take it to the beach. So, uh, you know, that was one of the reasons why we decided to talk about this. Well, get it why this topic came up, I guess. And uh, yeah, um, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that the guests did not steal the van, but we'll get into that. So, um, <laughs> I'm guessing that. <laughs> hey, you never know. It makes it so interesting. If they went story to the too. beach, uh, you know, we got a lot of questions that remain unanswered at this point. Yeah. Um. 
Well, the other thing of this is that we, you know, we, we do these remote podcasts, especially in season two, um, from my van <laughs> and we're all like, <laughs> we're in some random parking lot talking about like, you know, um, what we would like, how it would be if we stayed in the Walmart parking lot or Dollar General or, you know, right, like we yeah. have places, you know, or Arby's, uh, I think, I, I think we did one at Arby's. Yeah, we, we did, and, um, you know, we, we people watch and things like that. So um, it, we talked about, like, what it would be like to, um, you know, have that lifestyle where we just, like, you know, yeah. go from parking lot to parking lot, do a <laughs> podcast, whatever. Yeah, and, um, the, you know, one other thing that, you know, came to mind when we talked about this was my son Justin is... Uh, thinking about doing the van life yeah. thing so we wanted to get some information of what you know from someone who's actually done it so uh, well there i mean there's just so much fascination to this and um with the tiny homes and that kind of thing that you know a lot of people are uh, gravitating towards smaller spaces um uh, it just seemed like i was so happy when we finally were able to connect with a guest that you know has had this experience um um when you think of bands i mean what comes to your mind really well i mean obviously the first thing that comes to mind is your van because you're the only one i know who has a van <laughs> but uh you know if i was gonna live in a van it would probably be something a little bit bigger and you know have a maybe a bathroom or you know just more space to keep my crap <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean uh, definitely the van i have is um is not uh, meant to be a house just yet so um <laughs> but uh, i think it, you know in the story we're gonna hear like most vans start out not meant to be a house and then they're kind of transformed but uh, you know, I mean, people, you, you can buy them that way. I know they're pretty expensive. Yeah. And so I think, like, um, if you want to, a lot of people enjoy just the process of, you know, customizing it the way they want it. And that it's like, um, you know, like a fun part of it, I think. It's just. Um, right. Yeah. Back in the 70s, that was like a big thing, you know, customize your van, put in like shag carpeting all over the place and a round bed, maybe, you know, just. Well, you know, that reminds me of that song, Chevy Van. <laughs> I had that, you know, everything was song to me, but, um, you know, it's good for picking up hitchhikers. I mean, sure. that's part of too so um in the 70s you know not that i'm picking up any i'm just saying that could be something that people do i don't think i've ever owned um, a van well or a hitchhiker i mean have you <laughs> you may have picked up one of those but i'm sure i have but i yeah. I, I don't think i've ever owned a, a van hmm. well you know, after today's episode, you you may want to go out and get one. That's all I'm saying. It's um, a possibility, sure. It, it sure is. And so I think that would be a really good place to introduce our guest. And let's just see, like, what it's like to live the van life. All okay. righty. 
All right. So if you're out there listening and you've ever wondered, what would it be like to convert a van uh, into a home for, you know, an extended period of time and travel the country, travel the world? Um, Then today's episode is definitely one you want to listen to because we have a guest who has had this experience and um you know from start to finish she's going to share everything that we're uh no holes you know we're going to ask all the questions so today kelly polk is our guest and i want to welcome you to backstory sessions kelly we're so happy to have you hey guys thank you so much for having me oh it's going to be our pleasure we have I have so many questions, and I'm sure Matt probably has a few, too. Um, so I want to start this off in a kind of interesting way, because when I was talking to some people about this episode, you know, I, I got um, some interesting quotes, and I'm just going to read those to you, and right. then you can tell me, like, which one is accurate, or uh, if either. So um, the first person said... I could never love anyone that much to live in a van with them. (laughs) Uh, And the second one said, it's the coolest, hippie, nostalgic, romantic thing ever. So, um, tell us, which one is the truth? (laughs) Um, Well, the second one is definitely true. Um, There is definitely some some hippie nostalgia, you know, and some romance of being just the two of you on the road. Um, (laughs) I think the first statement, um, well, probably, I mean, I bet it's true for somebody. And I think, you know, if you're going to try and do van life with someone that you think you're going to drive each other crazy, that's probably something good to know about yourself before you get into it, uh, that you can kind of work around that obstacle. But, um, that's it's a common sentiment we got that a lot and people asked us all the time like do you think you're going to break up over this are you really sure you want to do this and in the end it went great I mean we had no problems lots of communication I think is key and by the end of it I mean we were even stronger than we'd gone in so you know well, to each their so, own so tell us about you like in in this relationship like how did this all begin like how did the relationship begin Oh, well, the relationship and then you deciding, you know, that you're going to be in this van. Like, did you just, you were a couple first, I'm assuming. Yeah. So we met studying abroad on a program called Semester at Sea. Um, And, you know, of course, I'm going to go meet someone and on this boat full of people, lots of them from the United States. I'm going to find the only person who lives in Alaska. Um, I'm from Atlanta. So we're on opposite ends of the country, but, you know, we hung out on this boat where we were studying and then kind of hit it off. And later afterwards, when I went and visited him, we were like, well, we should try it. Let's just see how it goes. And so we were long distance for two years before we did the van thing. Um, And I think that was maybe part of the reason we wanted to do it. You know, it's obvious to maybe want to do it just for the adventure of it all but also it was the first opportunity we were really going to have to kind of live together and be in the same place for a long time ironically because of course we weren't in the same place for a long time um so yeah 
in two years, would you like fly back and forth or did you visit? Yes. Okay. Um, it was a lot of flying back and forth. Um, basically, I, early on, um, I mean, we were both still in college initially. And so it was just sort of whenever someone's schedule and wallet would allow, you know, someone right. would go up or go down. Um, and at, at those days, it was sort of like, if you could clear your schedule for three weeks, if you clear your schedule for a month, then it would make it worth the, you know, $800 round trip ticket to get over there. And then you could hang out for a little while. So like we kind of lived together for a month at a time, um, sure. just not in an extended way. All right. So then something changed. And one day one of you says what? Well, I was actually thinking about this this morning, and I'm not sure whose idea it was first. Um, I know Travis got very invested in it probably first. Um, he was in all the blogs and in all the podcasts and digging through information and looking at different ways to build. Um, and I have always been kind of like, a, let's go do a crazy thing. You know, let's go camp for two weeks or let's go jet set around the country for, you know, something random. Um, and so I'm I'm kind of down to clown, I guess. And so I guess he probably came to me. and was like, I think this is a thing I really want to do. We should do this. And I was like, that is a great idea. Um, and so unfortunately, I was actually on an international theater tour uh, for much of him building. But we planned sort of from afar together. And then at the end of my tour, I flew from Columbia back up to Alaska and saw the van for the first time. And two weeks later, we hit the road. <laughs> so um, what did you think of the van when you first saw it? Oh, it was wonderful. He did a wonderful job. <laughs> um, and he sent me pictures along the way. I mean, I wasn't totally in the dark, but it was sort of a lot of the major construction uh, choices and decisions like that were up to him. And he's very good at construction. And he'd also, like I said, gotten really into sort of researching the options where I was busy on this tour. And right before the tour, I was in a kind of internship. Um, and so I, I trusted him. And when I got there, it was perfect. It was amazing. He did great. So about how long did it take Travis to uh, find a van, first of all, or did he have a van? Um, so <laughs> we did not steal the van to answer the question from earlier. Um, <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> But no, I think he did a little bit of shopping around, if I remember. Um, and the van that we found, it was a used, like a workman's utility van, essentially. And so the back was already pretty clear. There weren't a lot of seats to take out. He didn't have to, like, there was some stuff, but it wasn't a lot. And so that was a big deciding factor. Um, and also, I think the van was probably $2,000 when we found it. It was like, okay, this is very well within our price range. Um, and I'm actually, I'm not sure how long the build actually took, um, because I know he was also still kind of finishing up a semester of school. He had work to do and he was sort of back and forth. So he would work on it when he could. Um, but I mean, if I was on tour for eight months, um, less than that, <laughs> it was definitely yeah, probably a couple, probably a couple months right at the end. But, um. Also, I mean, I think van life kind of as a phenomenon, there's a lot of pictures that get shared of like essentially luxury apartments on wheels. And ours was not that. Um, it was 
uh, more rustic, I guess I would say. And also we were in an Ecoline E150, like a Ford E150, which listeners, you can Google it. It's not a big van. (laughs) So I think that also maybe cut down on some time. So if you're looking to do it yourself and need, you know, a whole shower, a whole kitchen or something really big, it'll probably take longer. Um, But yeah, probably a couple months for building. So um, tell us what, uh, I know we're, we're going to post pictures, um, but what did the inside look like? What did you have or not have? Um, okay, so I guess if you can imagine in your head that it's the size of like almost a church van, sort of, um, that's kind of the iconic look I'm thinking, not quite as long, but you couldn't stand up in it, you know, it was just really people were supposed to sit in there. And so of course we didn't have any chairs, but in the back, we had double doors that opened all the way up and that was where the bed was. It was in the back section. Uh, And it was built up on a platform, like a plywood two by four type platform. So we could fit big Rubbermaid bins. Um, I think we fit four of them. So two from the back door and two from the front side. And then if you open the side door, which also opened kind of wide before you got up to the front, Um, there was a little space of floor. So, you know, where you put on your shoes or leave your muddy boots or something. And then he built in like a shelving unit, essentially, um, along one wall and attached it really well so that things wouldn't fall over. Every shelf had like a little lip on it and bungee cords to make sure that things wouldn't fall off. And then underneath was a larger section where we kept like a little, I guess it's a camping toilet. They're sort of self-contained and you could screw a lid on and that went under there. And then we were going to have a cooler and right at the end, the people we were staying with before we left, um, they said, hold on, hold on. We have a cigarette lighter refrigerator. Come take this instead. <laughs> so we ended up with a refrigerator. Wow. <laughs> All right. That yeah. was fine, I think, you know, it's like uh, the universe saying, this is good. You're going you're gonna to upgrade right here. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. So how much stuff did you each get to take? Well, let's see. So there's actually, I found yesterday, um, I run a YouTube channel with my sister called Chili Cheese Vlog. And a lot of our early videos were me chronicling this trip. Um, And so I think in our first video, maybe in our second video, it shows where I'm actually packing. And luckily, because I'd been on tour, when I go on tour, I can only bring what I can fit in a, like a carry-on size suitcase because all of our under the plane luggage is our sets. And so I only came up there with a couple of things to begin with. Um, But I had a box, maybe the size of, not, not as big as a carry on, but there was like a, like a box you would put papers in or something like an office type size box. Um, That was full of things. And then a couple of little thin mailers that were full of things. And that was about it. Um, There was a little bit of leeway there Um, while I was in Alaska in between Columbia and leaving. I actually purchased a guitar that came with us Um, and a couple little things like that that we kind of just fitted in where we could. But most of our space went to, you know, food, bedding, things like that, Um, you know, big jackets for our more northern sections all had to kind of find a place to go. And so our actual personal items was pretty small but also you know you're not seeing that many people you can wear the same shirt twice (laughs) right 
So how do how do you stay warm? How do you stay cool? Um, I mean, I know you have heat and air. Uh, well, possibly <laughs> you have heat and air. <laughs> that was definitely one of the, I guess, more unexpected challenges. Um, so the first thing that happened when we bought this van, he had it checked out by a mechanic. He's pretty good with cars himself. It, they gave it the full look over before buying it. It was great. It was perfect. Um, and then come to find out right around early California, as we're kind of getting down from like the Canadian section of things, that it doesn't have air conditioning. And at first we thought it was broken, but it turns out from a mechanic we later <laughs> talked to that the mechanism wasn't even in the vehicle. <laughs> like it's just, They just assumed in Alaska, you don't need it. And so, of course, we didn't check it because we didn't need it. <laughs> right. Um so that one did become a challenge and we had to get, you know, battery powered fans and a lot of driving time. Um, we took one of those Rubbermaid tubs and we'd fill it with ice water at whatever stop we could find and then sit with your feet in it. <laughs> like, wow. There are ways. There are ways. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know because, you know, that could happen. Um, to yeah. So. Um, all right. So you... You started out in Alaska, and then what? How long would you drive, say, on that first day? Ooh, interesting. So I think on the first day, I bet we went five or six hours. Um, I mean, we luckily, we came into this. Like I said, we didn't have any gigs. We didn't have any real time frame. Um, and so it was very leisurely. You know, the only thing that was really stopping us on any schedule at all besides maybe if we were meeting up with someone somewhere was if the money ran out like we had all the time in the world and so I remember when we left it wasn't like you know we woke up that early um but I mean we tried to we were excited to go it's like we finally got there and then I remember we drove as far as I want to say this place is called Bear Creek and it's a population of like a hundred people. And that was where we slept. But I think when we stopped there, it wasn't super dark. So, I mean, we, we drove a good ways and we were into Canada by the end of that first day, but it was sort of, it was probably a more unique day actually out of all of them because there wasn't much to see and do. And it was just about kind of getting on the road. So where did you stay in Canada? I mean, where where does one park the van for the night? <laughs> um, well, in places like Bear Creek, um, for the most part, people don't bug you. So I think we were outside, it might have been a restaurant, um, but when we got there, I mean, there weren't a ton of people around. And when we woke up, there weren't a ton of people around. So no one really bugged us there. We just kind of stopped where it seemed logical-ish, but that maybe it wouldn't bother anyone that we were there. Um, but I mean, in, in other places in Canada where it was a little more populated, um, well, I don't know if we ever stayed in a Walmart there, but a lot of times where we were sleeping was lots of Walmart parking lots, definitely. But also um, later in the States, the Bureau of Land Management will have free campsites. Um, and up until then, I mean, truck stops on the side of the highway, excellent resource. Uh, rest stops, definitely, because they're built for that. And a lot of bar parking lots, because I guess, you know, the establishment expects that a car might be left overnight, that kind of thing. Um, 
the places that I remember sleeping in Canada were that the actually probably first week in, um, the battery actually died because we had, we had an extra battery and a solar panel and some different stuff that we kind of like daisy chained together and hooked it all up. And I don't know if we did it wrong or if we just, you know, if it was just sort of too much and we had to solve it, but we broke down at a place called hundred mile house where we slept in the bar parking lot. Cause that's where we landed. <laughs> so that's the place I really remember, uh, sleeping in Canada. Um, so, so what is it like sleeping in a parking lot? I mean, do people like try to peek in the windows? <laughs> so luckily, something I forgot about sort of the overall build of the inside is that Travis constructed these fabulous curtains that had like a reflective thermal solar uh, reflection type thing on the inside and then fabric around the outside and every night we would just hang them up over all of the windows and with the way the windows were tinted you couldn't really tell if they were just pretty tinted or if there was someone inside um and so that gave us a pretty good amount of privacy um multiple times along the way uh people did knock on the window like people being mostly policemen or you know, the owner of a certain place, um, sometimes to ask us to leave and sometimes just to say, hey, are you guys okay? Like, did your car break down or is this on purpose? <laughs> um, but for the most part, you know, general people didn't really bug us. And I think whether that's stigma around, you know, if you come knocking on someone's van, who knows what's inside, or if it's a more of a respectful thing like yeah that person seems like they're trying to have a vacation I'm not gonna bug them but it, it wasn't too bad uh I mean so what's it like being romantic in a <laughs> parking lot I'm just curious I mean I mean honestly I think it's the same as being romantic lots of places um because I mean that's the thing you, you being in the parking lot it's really it's like you know, being in a hotel room, being in an apartment building, like there are people outside, but you're in your own contained space. It's not like you're, you know, sitting on top of the van and <laughs> like it's all PDA or something. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, I think we felt pretty comfortable most places we went. Um, and, you know, anywhere you can sleep, you can hang out, you can whatever. So, yeah, but not not as different as you would expect, maybe. Okay. So it feels pretty like natural um even in the parking lot or whatever it, it didn't yeah i mean again we had curtains and we're in this metal box and if something had to come up i mean you just crawl up to the front seat and drive away so pretty <laughs> much in any situation um it's only as nerve-wracking as anything else in a van with curtains <laughs> in a parking lot <laughs> So did either of you like ever say, you know, this might be crazy? Um, yes, constantly. Um, I mean, I know. So like from where we were coming from, no one around us had ever done it, certainly. Um, and I think we were very lucky that we got a lot of support from people around us, but also a lot of people being like, are you sure? Like, is this, is this nuts? Um so sometimes, I mean, I don't know. I think we went in probably knowing it was crazy and that didn't bother us as much as it might bother some people. Um, maybe you do it because it's crazy, you know? 
And so there was a little bit of that, but most of the things that you'd think of, like, is it crazy because it's dangerous? Is it crazy because, you know, you'll be disconnected from people? Is it crazy because of something else? That they're just obstacles that if you can identify them sooner, um, you know, you work around them. You call your family every couple nights or you learn about places where it's okay to stay or not stay or, you know, things like that. Um, so even, the, I mean, the craziest thing, there's lots of ways to make it less crazy. So did you ever feel unsafe or was there ever any incident that happened that was scary for safety? Hmm. Um, so when I think about, like when I went going in, it was like, okay, how do we be safe? A lot of it was how to be safe from people. Um, and I don't think we ever had an issue with people the entire time. Um, the one thing, like when I think about the things that were actually scary during it, um, there was one time where there was a tornado warning and we're asleep. I mean, we weren't asleep yet, but we were trying to go to sleep in a gas station parking lot. And I remember laying there and it's like crazy thunder, crazy lightning. And we were discussing that if we heard the sound of a tornado coming um, or we heard a report on our phone that out the back door across the parking lot between the parking lot and the road was a ditch that had a storm drain. And it was like, okay, if we hear something coming, we're going to fly this door open and go get in that storm drain. And so like, that was terrifying. And luckily we didn't have to get in the storm drain at all. Nothing happened. It was fine. But it turned out sort of that the dangerous parts um, or the times we were feeling danger um, were things more like that, which I didn't expect at all going in, but people wise, we were fine. Even the people who asked us to leave were very nice. <laughs> well, that's nice to know. Um, yeah. So how did you plan um, where you were going from? Or was it just like you decided you would drive for a while? and, Or, or was it all planned out as to the cities and places? Um, you were? I think there was a little bit of both. Um, one thing that was very convenient um, and could be convenient for someone else doing this is that if you think of a map of the United States, at least 50% all, all out West and really getting pretty close to the Eastern time zone, um, you know, the States are very neatly stacked on top of each other. <laughs> and so it's pretty easy if you're starting on the West coast to say, okay, we're just going to go down this column and then over one state and then up that column and over one state. And after we sort of said, okay, let's just hit, as many places as we can, um, and how are we going to do that? Then we started adding in, well, what, you know, what attractions do we want to see? What state parks do we want to go to? What national parks do we want to go to? Are there any friends we want to visit? And it turned out we visited a ton of friends. Our friends are scattered all over the place. Um, and so we got to do a lot of that and that would kind of dictate a route, but Basically, I don't know if you're going to share this picture, but somewhere there's a picture of our U.S. map that we had little yes. like, stickers on. I love that picture. I am going to share that. Oh, good. Yeah. It's so like that was our original planning map. And it was kind of like, OK, put down everything you could possibly think of. And I think our color coding was sort of like prioritizing. Um, but just put down everything you could think of. And then along the way, we'll kind of make those decisions. Um, and I actually, I found some footage the other night while I was trying to catch up myself <laughs> where Travis was secretly recording me and we're sitting in the 
rocking chairs in front of a cracker barrel and he's going well where do you want to go and I was like you know we could go here we could go here um and I'm like oh so and so hasn't texted me back so let's give him a little more time and yeah there, there's national park it's close yeah let's go and it was like oh okay we really it, there was a lot of very in the moment kind of do we feel like that sure and then most of it was that aside from a couple like big deal breakers that we knew we wouldn't miss so like looking at that map because um, I talked a little bit with Matt about that when we were looking at it I mean yeah you know you can tell it's like planner people you know because <laughs> you, you you have the color coordination and you know you have a system you can tell um and then it seems like also you have that other side of um spontaneity and you know just going with the flow like in talking to you and hearing you know how it actually went so uh, do you feel that you that you both are pretty much like that that you're kind of left brain right brain people um split um, um you yeah, I think, sorry you seem to, to have both like you seem to you know be planner organizers but you also seem to be willing to just go out there and explore whatever it takes you yeah absolutely I think both of us do have sort of heavily both of those influences in our decision making um sometimes in different degrees or sometimes in ways that would complement each other like if one person's like oh let's go do some you know let's really not plan and the other person's like maybe we should plan a little <laughs> um or something like that right. but I do think on one hand, having a plan makes it really easy to be spontaneous, but that does depend on, you know, how being flexible with that plan, knowing that the plan is sort of a framework or a suggestion. Um, and so then if you have an open day and you could say, well, these three places that we liked before are close, then that's one way to be spontaneous. Or, you know, you get somewhere and someone you meet at a bar suggests this thing that'll take you on a four or five extra day thing. And you say, oh, well, plan a wait, you know, we'll go do this other thing. And all of that happened along the way. So I think it's good to plan. And I mean, it's good to look things up. You know, TripAdvisor knows stuff. Um, lots of people on the internet want to share their favorite thing. And that's great to have that framework um, so that you don't run the risk of sort of, you know, you're right there and you passed it by because you didn't know it was a mile up the road. But on the other hand, I think a lot of our absolute favorite wonderful experiences came from being fairly spontaneous in the moment and saying, ah, the plan, it's, it's over there. It'll be fine. <laughs> So did you pick up souvenirs? I know you were limited on space, but from each place you went or state or? Well, let's see. We did pick up souvenirs along the way for a variety of, I guess, through a variety of means. Um, I remember, like, we were, we talked to somebody who his friend had carved this little man out of wood when he was stationed with the army in Antarctica, I believe. And he, you know, we like hit it off and he liked it so much, they gave it to us. And so it lived on our dashboard the rest of the time. Um, little things like that, we definitely collected. Um, but also, I mean, as far as like going to a place saying, I'm going to get a souvenir from here, I want to remember this place. Um, 
the main thing we did was bumper stickers and along the way we kind of stick them on or by the end we actually had just a bag of them and by the time we got back to my house we were like we should go put all those stickers on but there's a lot of stickers on the back of that van now and it's pretty cool to look at and see oh we we did all of that well we need a picture of that because uh, I, I think, think that there's cool. one in that folder okay. we can go back and look I think there's one of the back of it in there um in the dark because we aren't great at planning believe it or not but <laughs> it's there <laughs> Okay, so, you know, uh, I, I'm like one that's always anticipating what could go wrong. Um, so I'd be thinking, like, what if there's a mechanical breakdown? <laughs> then what? <laughs> so if there's a mechanical breakdown, two things happen. Uh, the first thing that happens is, of course, you have to deal with it <laughs> in the, the moment. Um, is this from experience of it happening? So I think we went to five different mechanics along the way maybe <laughs> um, all in five different cities and it for different reasons um and I don't think any of this could have been super anticipated because like I said someone checked this van out before we bought it and like you know like a third party um so I don't think we made like a bad investment particularly, but of course it was a used van and this is a lot of driving. Um, sure. And so things cropped up. Um, so we had, yeah, we broke down a lot. basically the moral of that story. Um, and I mean, little things in the moment to the point of like the one time our battery died in hundred mile house in Canada. I know I, Travis was driving and he was like, I think the car's about to stop. I'm going to jump out of this moving car and push. And so he jumped out on the road and I crawled across the seat to get <laughs> in the driver's seat. And he completely ate it on the pavement, but then got back up and ran after the car so that he could finish pushing it into this parking lot where we landed. Um, wow. And also, I mean, I don't know. The other thing that happens when you break down a lot is that you get stuck in places you didn't plan to be. and What's funny is, although I wouldn't wish this level of, you know, mechanical error on anyone, including probably us, because uh, eventually it did, it took us over budget by about $3,000. And that was when we kind of had to change our plans halfway through and say, well, let's, let's call it. We've had a good run. Um, and, you know, if we make it back to Atlanta, then my parents will take us to the beach on their dime. <laughs> but <laughs> the, um, the gift that having these issues gave us being broken down in hundred mile house. I mean, we basically lived at this pub for four days. And so we got to know Shannon and Dale and Gail and all the people who worked there and they kept bringing us free food. It's like, they're so friendly. It was a fantastic time uh, in this place. We probably wouldn't have been at all. And the other place that we broke down for a very long time uh, was broken bow, Nebraska. And that also was like, multiple days of being stuck somewhere that you know I don't even know if I could find it on a map right now it's it's very small and it was just the most fantastic experience um of hanging out with this small town kind of vibe for multiple days so so where were you like did I mean your van is in the garage or uh there were there were a couple
couple different versions. Um, and actually both of those, I think we ended up in a hotel for the second part. Um, but like when we were in that place in Canada, we stayed in that parking lot, just slept there. Cause luckily when the car breaks down, the part that still works is the bed. So we stayed in the parking lot of that pub. We explained it to the owner. They were fine with it until the tow truck came and kind of took it away. Um, and then we had to get, a room at this motel that was actually attached to the pub. It was very convenient. Uh, and then in Nebraska, we asked them, we sort of negotiated like, well, is it possible if you leave it outside the mechanic and can we sleep here? And we stayed there for a couple nights. And then at some point I think they needed to take it in and we ended up with a hotel kind of on the edge of town. Um, so a couple of hotel stays, but that can also be, you know, interesting and rewarding in its own way. So well, no hard, no foul. That, um, you know, that they were accommodating to let you stay, um, you know, to let the van stay outside. Yeah, that was super extra. nice of them. That was super nice. So, I mean, it sounds like you're, you know, you um, got to see a lot of good and um, people um, meet a yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think because a lot of the other places, if we were meeting people, it was either sort of in passing or. Uh, you know, a friend of someone who already lived there and we'd hang out with them, but we had an inn. Um, but 100 Mile House and Broken Bow were really some of the places where it's like we were stuck with these strangers for days on end. And it turns out, I mean, I have nothing but good stories from either of those experiences. Every single person we met was just so kind and so giving of themselves. Like, I don't know. They don't know us from, you know, the next guy. And the level of kindness that small town, well, North America could bring up is amazing. They're astounding people. So how did showering and laundry, like, how did that work? Well, um, showering, we did a lot of truck stop showering, um, which it's pretty cheap to do. Um, It's very expected. Like, every person who comes in and wants a shower, that's exactly you know, what it's there for. Um, so we did a lot of that and that was great. Um, the other thing that we did was they make something called solar showers and it's basically five gallon or so bag made out of this black plastic. So you set it up on your dashboard and the sun heats it up. And then when you have an opportunity, you get out and you open the little nozzle and dumps warm water on you so that you shower outside. Um, which I think we actually thought we were going to use that more, but something you can't do in the Walmart parking lot if that's where you choose to stay is take a shower (laughs) so um yeah and also I mean I've heard of people getting a gem membership they have showers there you can just sort of check in around the country uh campsites if you end up in one often will have some sort of bathhouse so showering although toward the end I realized I wanted it more than I had it which was surprising to me because I've never been that worried about it um just because it got hot it got sticky you know in in bed sheets that kind of thing but overall for a normal shower schedule if you want to find a shower it's out there it's available oh and then laundry I don't know what we did for laundry we might have just worn dirty clothes (laughs) I mean the other thing we did see a lot of friends and so some places we anticipated sleeping in their like their garage or whatever. And then they'd be like, please come sleep on our couch. We did a lot of laundry at those places. So it wasn't entirely a dirty clothes experience. Okay. <laughs> so what do 
didn't go as expected as you look back over this whole five months or so. Hmm. I think, I mean, definitely the, the van breaking down was something wild. <laughs> um, but like I said, it gave us all of those gifts. Um, other things, I mean, I think something that surprised me is that, you know, we did do a lot of planning beforehand and we picked places that we really wanted to go see in these deal breakers. And then what I remember later is, you know, something that someone just suggested while we were in passing. And that was the most exciting thing. Um, So that was kind of unexpected. And I don't know, there was, there was definitely some hiccups, but it was mainly logistical. Um, Like I said, because we, um, sorry, because we had all of those issues that we went over budget that we did have to stop. Uh, That was unexpected. (laughs) Sure. Um, I think if there's anything. Huh. I don't know. I mean, I think we went in expecting to be encountered with the unexpected and a lot of that definitely happened. Um, and so we, we were ready for it. We were trying to be ready for it. And that helped us a lot. So what did you discover about Travis that you think, you know, you might not have discovered without the trip? Oh, now that's an interesting question. Um, I think it was certainly a pleasant discovery to learn that, you know, whatever breakup omens were being cast upon us weren't true at all um and that you know when we did live together we could communicate we could make decisions together and things like that um other than that I mean it's a little difficult I think for me to learn things well to have learned things about him because I already had him on you know a fantastic pedestal I I already knew he was capable I already knew he could fix the van um you know, I already knew that he was really great with strangers and people and going and talking to somebody, whereas those are all things I'm not great at and then had to learn about myself along the way. Um, and that was things like that. But it's going to be what did you learn about yourself on this journey? Now, that one is a much longer list um, because I think any time that you take away, you know, comforts or helpers or whatever that is that you might have in your normal life. Um, you know, I thought I was capable before, but by the end you realize how capable you really are and how good you can be at problem solving. Like anytime you're encountered with a problem that you have to solve, you're inherently better at problem solving on the other side of it. Um, I did learn that I like showers, which was absolutely brand new, but <laughs> I, I think there's a level of learning to trust yourself Trust your capability, trust your knowledge, and know that if something comes up, you can get out of it. Or if, you know, you don't have certain comforts, you can live without them just fine. Um, Things like that. So was there a point where either of you just said, you know, let's go back to Alaska? Um, So... We were never going back to Alaska. Well, he did. But um, originally, I mean, the plan was to go from Anchorage to Atlanta. And so 
the main thing was when we had to stop that it was just sort of like to beeline to Atlanta. Um, and I think when we made that decision, actually, I bet we were in Broken Bow and it was like, okay, what is our budget really looking like? Um, and that it was kind of being overtaxed. Uh, and that's when we decided we actually had to beeline, which the beeline was not that at all. We still saw, you know, Chicago and Philadelphia and Niagara Falls and the Blue Ridge Parkway on the way home. But right, I think if it was just up to us um, or if we'd had, you know, a mysterious benefactor or something, I think we could have gone way longer. Um, and so I don't think there was ever a moment where we were necessarily over it that way. Um, the one thing that was surprising that I didn't super mention earlier is that, you know, you don't expect to stay in hotels because that's sort of inherently the thing, but that sometimes it was sort of like, okay, I need a little extra comfort or I need that good shower or something. And we would get a hotel just for that purpose. So sometimes that got a little old. Um, but also I think something that helped us a lot is like on any extended travel, if you know early on to pace yourself and to take those mental health days or take that day to just work on the stuff you needed to do at home or something like that, um, that it gives you a lot of longevity. So we were pretty good about that and it made it very sustainable. So is there certain personality types that you think this would not work for? Hmm. I think, I suppose there's an element of yes and no, but I definitely, my, my heart is saying absolutely not. Anyone can do it. I think there is probably the element of knowing yourself and so if you are someone who values those comforts or values, you know, there's certain levels of stability. Um, I don't think that means you're written off. I don't think that means you can't do it. I think you just have to plan for that, you know. Um, and so I think if it's something you want to do, even if it seems like you wouldn't be the type, I think there are totally ways to do it. Um, even if you get an RV, you know, you can still roam around the country and be very, very comfortable. Um, in essentially a hotel room on wheels. So maybe there's an element of, no, I mean, I was going to say that if you're, you know, too strict to your rules or too stringent about um, planning, maybe, but even that, I mean, then just stick to your plan, do your best. Um, so what if you're that person that I read the first quote from, you know, that says I could never love anyone <laughs> to be with them in a van that long? I mean, what if you what if you had of like, uh, you know, not hit it off and you're stuck yeah. halfway across the country and, um, you know, what would have happened then? That's a good point. Um, and I think probably what I would say to that person is on one hand, you know, if you know that going in about yourself, then maybe schedule into your, even in your just your loose brain planning, um, 
to figure out how to get that me time. You know, I'm going to go to this coffee shop over there and don't follow me. Like I'll be over there for a couple hours. I'm going to go to the park or like you go to the park. I'm going to be in the van for a couple hours. Don't bother me. And if you talk about that beforehand, no one's offended, you know, Um, or on the other hand, if you know, you want to do a van trip and you think some other person in there would drive you crazy, go by yourself. (laughs) That's fine. (laughs) Okay. And so if you had to put this whole experience into one word, what would you say? Oh, goodness. Um, I don't know. The first word that comes to mind is magical. And it kind of, what a, what a, you know, annoying version of this. But, but it was, you know, meeting the people and figure, like, learning how amazing they are and having problems come up that only became these wonderful presents or even, you know, getting to see friends that we didn't see in general um, or hadn't seen in years and it always being just the most fantastic time or they had the best ideas. Um, It was magical. Like that was, what a miracle. What a miracle is any of this really? I I think it sounds magical. I mean, to me it does. I I, I love the whole concept of it. Um, so would you do it again? Absolutely. I would do it today. You pulled up a van with a bed and it said, get in. I'd be like, okay, bye. <laughs> so you you feel like today that even though you, you guys have, I guess, gone your separate ways as a couple, you... Yeah, I mean... Honestly, I think I mentioned this to you earlier, but like Travis is still one of my best friends. I would live in a van with him today, Um, but I would also, I would do it by myself. Um, I also, I have a big enough car that an air mattress fits in the back. And like, sometimes I do do it by myself, Um, but just for like little shorter trips. And, but yeah, I mean, I think every step of the way it went really well. Um, and there's, there's a lot to see out there. There's a lot to see. There's a lot to learn. Uh, there's a lot to be exposed to that maybe isn't your own experience. Um, and it's, it's worth just about any price if you can figure it out. You know, it's, it's really amazing stuff out there. So when you guys finally get to Atlanta, um, is there like a van withdrawal um, when you, you know, when you leave the van? I think. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. Um, because, yeah, I mean, it's been your whole life for five or six months. And to go, the main thing to go back in, because, I mean, you know, we had been in hotel rooms and stuff, but suddenly you're with all your roommates and you're with your family and, you know, having to deal with all these people. Um, and there is a little bit of a culture shock to coming back to culture, but also, you know, it helped a lot that we didn't have air conditioning and it was August in Atlanta. So it was like, well, we could go inside. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, And then also very luckily, um, when we got back, it just happened to be coinciding with what ended up being my family's vacation and the, um, eclipse of 2017 was a big deal then. So Travis was here for that. And so the main thing is that all of a sudden you're not doing something really interesting every day. And we had kind of the means to go do some more interesting things for a little while. Um, but I know, I mean, even when he left here and he had to drive the van back to Alaska by himself 
And then I was also suddenly just sort of like, here I am back at home. Uh, and it's weird. It's a weird time. But I don't know. I figure with anything that you can sit around missing and wishing that you were doing it again, that that means you did a really good job. And if there's something worth missing that much, um, and it's and it's worth it, you know. So you continued. The trip didn't break you up, right? You continued to be a couple. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, the the trip did not break us up at all. I think if anything, it brought us much closer together. Um, and we dated, I mean, four more very happy years after that. So, no. I think, again, knowing that that's a possibility going in or you know, knowing you need to communicate, knowing you need to make these decisions together and acknowledging each other's needs when they come up, super important. Um, but if you go in with that mindset, I think couples can do this no problem. All right, Matt, what do you think about all of this? You must have some questions and thoughts, so let's hear them. Oh, uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, you know, I, I think if it was me, I mean, Kat and I have talked about like, van trips and things like that and I think I told her one time that 18 hours was about the longest I'd be able to put up with her <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'd be dropped off at the rest area yeah. I believe was the quote yes yeah, be, be on the Garden State Parkway in Jersey somewhere <laughs> um, so would, would you say that this trip was more about getting out of your comfort zone and doing something different or was it just like, yeah, we got to get, you know, we got to get from here to there. So let's stop at all these places in between kind of thing. Um, I think so. It wasn't technically just getting from here to there um, because, I mean, he was still living in Alaska and I could have just as easily flown places I'd been flying the whole time right. um, to get home. Um which now I have done that before where it was like, we needed to move a car to a friend who was moving across the country. Also mm. very valid reason to do a road trip. Fantastic. <laughs> but, um, I think as far as motivation, I mean, I think there's a level of saying, you know, seeking out grand life changing experiences, um, which personally I'm sort of constantly seeking out grand life changing experiences and seeing right. what we can change. Um, but also, you know, that we just saw an opportunity and part of it is recognizing those opportunities and saying, you know, okay, we have a chunk of time here and we did make a little bit of money just now and we can plan to not have a job right then and answering yes, like not being afraid to answer yes. Um, but also as far as getting out of your comfort zone, I do think, I'm not sure if that was one of the main things going in, although obviously there was a lot of comfort to be lost right. but something that surprised me when I think about that um is that like society sort of regards comfort zone and getting out of it as living in a van not having a stable place to go um not having the amenities back home whereas I had to figure out that maybe that's closer to my comfort zone and the part that was me getting out of my comfort zone was like picking up the phone to that person you haven't talked to in six years and saying do you want to see me and they always do <laughs> of course they do um you know and things like that so there's there was definitely a level of getting out of your comfort zone but it's not always in the way you expect <laughs> so you would you would definitely recommend this sort of thing for 
most people. Absolutely. Anyone who is interested and probably people who aren't interested, (laughs) um, I think seeing your own country is very important. I think seeing, you know, we're lucky that we live in this gigantic country that's essentially, you know, different regions are sort of like different countries. Like you go there and there's a whole different way of life, whole different way of culture. And especially, I mean, now, you know, I don't want to get too political, but there's a lot of different things fighting back and forth that if, you know, you sat down and had a real conversation and see that these people aren't bad people, right, you know, yeah. someone who's different from you, they're not bad people. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of that to be found because there's just a lot of diversity within the country. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think, I think it's accessible to a lot of people. If you're interested in doing it, you know, acknowledge the obstacles you've got. Maybe it's cost. Maybe you're a girl by yourself. Maybe you have children. Maybe you're older. Um, I know people of all of those demographics that do this. And Maybe someone doesn't want to stay with you more than 18 hours before they <laughs> drop you off. You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, if you if you want to try it and you can only last 18 hours, then, like, plan an 18-hour rest into that after that 18 hours. <laughs> then try for another 18 hours. That would so, be like a three-day rest. <laughs> yeah, there you go. another day. Right. <laughs> Tuesdays another day we'll get started then. (laughs) okay well i mean uh yeah it's a really interesting story um it sounds like you had a lot of fun and uh you know um what would be the yeah what would i don't remember if cat asked this but like what was the worst part of it the worst part of all of it yeah um well I think the things that came up as being the worst parts, maybe that we kind of had to solve along the way um, early on, not realizing to take a vacation from the vacation, you can get really burnt out that way. Um, I think I've sort of mentioned a couple of times that by the end of it, uh, it was hot and getting into bed without having a shower Mm. was oddly difficult for me. But again, it's something you can just solve. You know, we ended up, taking that same feet bucket from earlier and you dip your like your washcloth in it and you rub your legs down so that they're as wet as you can and then you dry them off and that takes off a lot of sweat you know and you can feel a lot better um so as far as worst parts i mean logistically speaking breaking down so often wasn't that fun uh especially when we needed to cut it short because of that because of money but like I said, even that gave you these amazing gifts. So the worst part is kind of difficult to pinpoint because all of the worst parts were more like an opportunity to figure out, you know, oh, I can thrive under a different circumstance that I didn't really have to figure that out before. Right. Um, so, you know, worst parts, best parts, they're all the same parts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you didn't, you didn't want to kill him in his sleep or anything like that after <laughs> Uh, I've had enough of you today just shut up (laughs) (laughs) I think it's probably more likely and of course he's definitely going to listen to this I bet it's more likely that he wanted to kill me in my sleep but (laughs) he didn't thankfully so that's fine (laughs) 
All is forgiven. Um, I, I heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, or if, if you know, maybe it just couldn't happen or whatever, but you, uh, I think Kat had asked if you, if Travis would be willing to be on the podcast. Yeah, so he is currently super slammed with work. Um, He works construction, and there's sort of a very distinct season of that in Alaska. And a lot of it takes him to places that don't really have cell service or places that don't really have internet um, and works them pretty close to around the clock. Um, And so, I mean, even I didn't hear back from him asking him that for, I guess, at least a day, if not a day and a half, because he's just got a lot going on. Yeah, that's Um, fine. I was just curious. Oh, no, sure. I mean, he he said, thank you very much for the invitation, and he definitely can't wait to listen to this episode. Um, (laughs) Well, Travis, you know, (laughs) had you had been here, (laughs) could have presented your side and told us when, you know, when that pivotal moment came, you know, When you were just thinking like, okay, if I just like open the door or, you know, <laughs> go around I a think turn if he had wanted to, there were plenty of opportunities yeah. for, you know, oh, she's in the bathroom longer than me. See ya. Right, yeah. <laughs> but luckily there was, there was none of that. He's a very nice boy. I'm sure. <laughs> yes. It sounds like he is very nice and did not want to leave you any place like the <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I I feel very lucky that if I was going to do this with anyone, that he is, you know, listens well and understanding and attentive to my needs and willing to discuss. And I think a lot of that, and hopefully me too, you know, kept him from wanting to kill me. Because <laughs> if he was having an issue, it was like, hey, I'm having this issue. I said, oh, well, let's figure out how to solve that. That's easy. <laughs> you know. We can solve yeah. it if you be quiet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think it's a lovely story. I think it's very yeah. beautiful. It, it is. So. It's a great story, definitely. Oh, well, thanks, guys. <laughs> and uh, you do. Yeah, Kat, do you I, have anything else? Yes, I have one last thing because there's a bit of irony to this. Um, we had searched and searched for someone with this kind of story, and we had Christy Conley uh, on as a guest. And, you know, after we'd wrapped up the episode, we are just in talking, um, you know, we mentioned to her that we were trying to find someone. And so she actually connected us with Kelly to be the guest. And uh, then Kelly told me, and she's going to send a picture, that on this um, trip, they actually stopped and saw Christy. So you want to tell us a little bit about that? Because... That's just like full circle. Yeah, I can't believe the serendipity there. Um, But yeah, I mean, she was in grad school in Lubbock, Texas, I believe. And we were passing through there to go see Travis's favorite cousins in Austin. And we happened to kind of like that moment clicked and said, wait, they're in Texas. We got to go find them. And it was on the way enough because... Texas is a big place, so that really could have gone either way. (laughs) Um, But we met up with her and our other friend, Reese, and they took us to Flipper's Tavern Pinball Bar in Lubbock, if anyone's in Lubbock. And we hung out all night. It was super fun. And then they got back to being absolutely slammed busy in grad school, and we went on to Austin. And she's going to send us a picture, and we're going to get 
that. But I think, you know, what are the chances that there'd be a photo and that you visited her and then, you know, all these years later, you're going to end up on the podcast. Hmm. Um, I know. What a, what a wild turn of events. Yeah. Great backstory. Just of that, of the backstory. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I'm, I just wanted to say that. And, uh, you know, also, I mean, the romantic side of me wonders like, you know, would you and Travis ever maybe get back together? (laughs) (laughs) We'll save we'll save that mystery for a later podcast. <laughs> okay. And Travis, if you're out there listening, you know, I'm I'm rooting for you guys. <laughs> well, thank you. And I'm sure he would say thank you as well. <laughs> I know. I'm sure he would. It just um, you know, it sounds like that person when we read the quotes, it really sounds like you know, that you hit all of those things. Um you know, it's it's cool. It's uh, hippie, nostalgic, and romantic. <laughs> so I just, I just think it's all those things combined, and uh, it, I've loved it. I just knew I would, and I have. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on and telling the story. Oh, I'm so glad that you guys messaged me. This has been so much fun. You guys are great. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, so, anyway, um, Kelly, I'll give you... Uh, 30 seconds to tell people how they can get a hold of you if they'd like, or maybe you don't want to share that. That's fine too. Oh, no, that's fine. Um, so the main one in this case, I would say if you look up on YouTube, chili cheese vlog, all one word, um, and you can find footage of this trip if you want to see a little bit more. Uh, and there are definitely ways to contact me through that. Or if you want to get in touch with me directly, it's a little less related, but my website for being an actor is kelly-monahan, M-O-N-A-H-A-N.com. All right. Awesome. And awesome. Uh, any, uh, we'd definitely like to thank you for being here. Uh, we appreciate you taking your time to tell us your story. And uh, it, it was pretty cool. Definitely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys so, so much for having me. Definitely enjoyed it. Um, if you have any questions, content, uh, yeah, questions, comments, or criticisms, especially the criticisms, you can contact Kat at iWritePlays at Outlook.com. Or if you want to tell me how much you love the episode, or you can contact Kelly, uh, <laughs> let her know. Um you can write me at uh, backstorysessions at gmail.com or matt at level11ventures.com. And uh, we'll be happy to answer any questions or forward anything, you know, that we can't answer to Kelly. And, uh, yeah, so we appreciate everybody listening, and we will talk to you soon. Take care, everyone.